It's been a long, long, long time since I put out a podcast episode, but we are back and the first episode back is amazing. I have a special guest on this episode, first time author M.K. Kathy McDaniels, speaking about her experience of passing over into the afterlife, experiencing hell as well as heaven, and being kicked out of heaven to return to earth with a new found lease on life. It is amazing, her story and just her experience and what she went through and just how she is a survivor in general. Um, Thank you guys for listening to this episode and let's get it started. All right. Hello, everyone. Everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Hi, my name is Ashley and I'm an introvert. Today, I have a very special guest um, joining me on this episode. Um, First time author MK Kathy McDaniels. Her book, Misfit in Hell to Heaven, Lessons from a Dark Place, Near Death Experience and How to Avoid Hell in the Afterlife is available now on Amazon as well as Kindle for download. Um, So thank you for joining me, Kathy, on this episode. Um, We spoke a little bit about how um, the pandemic's been going for you, but um, hopefully it gets better. Um, Thank you. So so how's how's it been other than than the pandemic? How have you been doing? I've been doing fine. I'm staying busy. Uh, working on uh, promoting the book. I've been on a lot of podcasts and that's been really fun to meet people from all over the world. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm busy. How about, uh, how about you? Uh, Same, Sam, busy, Uh, working, um, working on my podcast, um, taking acting classes. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So that has been really, really fun. Um, so let's just get right into it. Um, I guess I want to start with, I guess, the most generic question. You know, what inspired you to to write your first book other than wanting to let, you know, wanting to um, express and let everyone know about your, your experience? Well, Ashley, it was about 21 years ago this week that um, I did go into the hospital and... Um, uh, I had gotten a friend. I was so sick. I had had a friend pick me up and take me down to one of those uh, dock in the boxes. And uh, by the time they got me there, um, my they couldn't get a heartbeat. So they put me in an ambulance and took me to the hospital and said I had pneumonia. I had been caregiving for a friend for about eight months and he finally passed away. He was my former fiance. And mm-hmm. um I had really gotten run down and then this flu came around and I caught it. So I can really sympathize with all the COVID people right now. Um, They uh, had me in the ICU and finally the breathing got so bad uh, that they, they put me on a ventilator and in a, um, 
um, medically induced coma for three weeks. And uh, my family all came up from California. I live in Washington. And uh, they waited uh, through that period to see if I was going to make it. And it, they only gave me about a 38% chance of surviving it. Uh, they called it ARDS. That's acute respiratory distress syndrome, which is lung failure, which is what pretty much kills anybody that's got SARS or, or what's going around now. Um, your lungs just fill up with fluid mm -hmm. and uh, then the fluid turns solid and then you, you know, you got your body shuts down and you die. But while I was in that coma, um, something very strange happened to me. I mean, when you're in a coma like that, they have given you or they gave me a drug called white amnesia so that you don't remember any of the terror of going through this whole thing. It's just supposed to make it like blank, you know, on the other mm -hmm. side. And it was blank for a long time. But then um, all of a sudden I became conscious of being in the dark and mm -hmm. um I, I wondered what that was all about. And as, as it uh, evolved, there was <laughs> screams in the background and this like dirty red fog and this creature, I, it didn't sound like a person, but anyway, they asked me, you know, do you know where you are in a very spooky sort of voice? And I was just standing there. I had no idea if I was standing on something or what was happening it was total dark. And mm -hmm. I, I, I just thought, oh, there's a few clues here. So I kind of yeah. whispered, hell. And this horrible thing just belted out this maniacal laugh. And man, I just took off. And it was so weird, Ashley, because I, I felt just as alive as I am now, probably even more so because I was so scared. And mm -hmm. uh, it never dawned on me that I was dead, never but I had this very long adventure, if you want to call it that, in the underworld, uh, in different scenarios. Um, and and the seemed like the and demons is what all I can come up with. They were pretty nasty characters. Um, kept telling me that I should just give up, that I should despair. I was never going to get out of there. And I kept mm -hmm. fighting. I thought, no, no, this is just not me. I don't just give up. So it it was a pretty gnarly uh, time down there. And after a, what seemed like a couple of years of going through these terrible places in hell uh, and meeting different people in different situations, I, uh, I finally did get out. I um, In the book, it tells my last uh, section and and what happened and surprisingly that I all of a sudden found myself in this brightly lit room and infused with incredible love and and joy yeah. and excitement and again I, I didn't know where I was or what was going on until I saw my friend who had recently died and he died of leukemia and so he didn't look really good at the end there with no hair and purple skin and all blotchy and stuff, but he looked terrific. He looked like he was mm -hmm. about 35 years old and he was 53 when he died. And, and he was just smiling and laughing. And, and uh, I thought, Oh my God, he doesn't know he's dead, you know, and that really made him laugh. And then I kind of thought, Oh my goodness, if he's dead, then I must be dead. And I was thrilled. 
I was thrilled because it was obviously heaven. And I was so glad yeah. to be there with him. But he says, well, now, Mary Kay, you've got too much left to do. And I thought, oh, no, they're not kicking me out of here, are they? And sure enough, I got sent back. And when I did regain consciousness, I was in the ICU unit. My, my family was thrilled I was back. And I was furious. I was furious for having been kicked out of heaven, man, by my best friend. You know, what a terrible thing to do. And, and not only that, I had gotten down to 86 pounds in the three weeks because I, all I was on was just that tube down my throat. And I'd lost all my muscle mass. I couldn't move at all. Um, they had that thing stuck in my throat, so I couldn't talk. And I was totally confused, totally unhappy, and totally glad I couldn't talk because I was probably could have said some pretty rude things about that. And my family was so excited. Anyway, it yeah. took me about another week before they would um, let me out of the ICU to go to a physical therapy rehab facility where I was there for a month learning how to walk and talk and button and sew and, and cook. And I, I couldn't do anything. Crawl. I couldn't do anything. I had to learn it all again. And they only gave me, they, they checked me week by week. And if I didn't live up to their expectations, I was going to get kicked mm -hmm. out. So I had to really work at it. So when I, amid all this, I'm still trying to deal with this horrible thing that had happened to me that I didn't understand. And, you know, I tried to tell my family and they said, oh, it was the drugs or, oh, you know, you were confused. And it's like, no, 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 this, this, this was real. So it, I'm a kind of a writer. I've always had a diary and I'd love to write letters. And so 21 years ago, I thought, well, if I could just maybe get this on paper, then mm -hmm. it'll like go away, you know, like a bad dream or something. So I would write and write and write, rewrite, rewrite. And it, uh, it never did. So I kind of fumbled along for almost 10 years, still haunted by this mm -hmm. darn thing, still wondering what happened to me. And then I, I found this group called IONS, that's the International Association of Near-Death Studies. And that's in Seattle near me. And a friend of a friend of a friend told me, you gotta go. There's hundreds and thousands of people that have had this experience and at least you'll yeah. be around people that know what you're talking about. So I did go up there and it took some time to feel comfortable because at first I thought they were all wackos, but they were just <laughs> like, they were just like me. So I, you know, I was in my element. And so that was 21 years ago. And I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a real believer on this. And I, uh, I ran into other people that had, it's called a dark near death experience when you, mm -hmm. you know, when you have this and, and it, it is like only like, Oh, one in five, maybe, maybe one in 20 that really have that experience. The rest of them just see angels and flowers and lights and stuff. So um, I found a little group of us that, that had the same thing. Well, over the years, going to conferences and meeting people and reading books, I found out that that was actually a blessing that, that um, I learned that that was usually only given to strong people who needed to give messages to to others. And for me, being I was a cradle Catholic and always did believe in purgatory. And, and, you know, when you die, you go to purgatory and you pay for your sins and then you get to go mm -hmm. to heaven. So over the years, I've come to believe 
from other people talking and just in my own self that I know that God is totally love and all loving, all forgiving, unconditional love, God. And he never sends anybody to hell. And it took me a while to realize that I had made my own hell by believing mm -hmm. by believing that that would happen to me, by accepting that that would happen to me. And so my, my, my mission is to tell people, you don't have to go to hell. Uh, just... Just believe in that all loving, forgiving God. We're, the other yeah. thing that I've I've learned is that, and people kind of get spooky around this, but that we all start off in heaven and we choose to yeah. come to earth to learn lessons and we mm -hmm. choose the people we'll come with and what happens to us and what we want to learn. So that was really a boost for me because now, you know, everybody goes through stuff in their lives, but I've had quite a bit on my plate over my 74 years. And it's really refreshing and freeing to think I planned all those events. I planned all those things to help me learn things, to help me understand other people's problems, to be empathetic, to learn to be um, caring and, and listening to people. And um, that, that it was all good. It's all good. I was telling you earlier, I have uh, my mom, my dad, my sister, and my brother-in-law are now all have arts. Arts. That's not what it is. It's COVID now. I had arts then, and my dad is is ninety seven. His birthday's mm -hmm. coming up. It's, he's probably not going to live through this, but he's he's ready to go to heaven. He knows that God is waiting for him, and there's such peace in my heart and in my my family's heart. Of course, you're sad. You know, this yeah. is happening. You're going to miss that person. But oh, the joy for him to not to be 97 anymore, to be free of that body and, and with my we brother who passed away and all his relatives and friends. And, and, and then he'll just wait for us. So that's kind of where I'm at these days. Uh, yeah, that is awesome. I mean, to to be able to come to a point in your life where you understand, um, you understand life and death and you understand yeah. the transition. And, you know, especially if you've able, if you're able to live a long life, you know, 96 and you're able to, you know, say, okay, I'm ready to go. I'm ready to go to heaven. I'm ready to, to, to rest. You know, that is awesome. Yeah. It is. It's a, it turns everything around. You don't feel like a victim anymore, knowing that you've mm -hmm. chosen these things to happen. And then instead of whining about it, you say, okay, I, I need to find the lesson. I don't know how many yeah. times in life you look at some disaster and then five years later you say, you know, that was really a blessing because if that hadn't happened to me, I wouldn't have met that person or this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. You know, it's all mm -hmm. good. Absolutely. And it gives that you so just... A, a calmer existence, a, a kinder existence. And uh, the one of the things that happened too when I came back, I, I, was, I was really praying, you know, God, I don't want to go through that again. What can I do to not have to endure that again? And over a period of months, I, certain words popped into my head and, and they were to be loving, kind, mm -hmm. merciful, forgiving, Oh, I'm kind of freaked out of my mind right now. Uh, uh, non non judgmental and useful. Mm -hmm. 
So if we all lived just being loving and kind every day, the whole world would be a lot nicer place to live. I agree <laughs> wholeheartedly. <laughs> I agree. I think one of the hardest things for people to do is to be forgiving and to forgive. Mm -hmm. um, humans, uh, we human beings um, are the most judgmental. Mm -hmm. And so, and, and so I, I find that people, it's really hard for some people for, to forgive. And some people think it's to forgive, you know, what that other person has done to you or what do you feel, whatever wrongs been done to you, but it's for you. Yes. And it's also it's for to you. <laughs> You've got to forgive yourself too. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. We're all just people. Are we we are we are so um i guess my next my next question is um i mean you spoke a little bit about about it but what did your experience teach you about life of basically how to how to live your life from from waking up from your experience to to going through rehab and all of that stuff um <clears throat> it taught me Patience. It taught me that I needed to be very aware of other people that felt as vulnerable as I did. It mm -hmm. taught me that a lot of us feel invisible. And I know that when I was in that wheelchair and the, in the rehab and, and was a scary looking uh, creature, I, I made one little girl cry. I tried to smile at her and she, I freaked her out because I, you know, I was just skin and bones. I looked like a some sort of creature. And I thought, wow, how many other people feel invisible? So I, I really yeah. try and take the time, particularly for people that are vulnerable, uh, like people in wheelchairs, you know, uh, just not to walk by anybody. I don't, that's in a wheelchair without saying, hi, what's happening? How's yeah. your day? Another mm -hmm. one is people that look particularly sad or you're in an airport or something. And uh, you know, they're, they're not having a good day, but just, just to be kind, just for a minute, uh, yes. homeless people, that's a big one. You know, how many big times one. do you, you people of, you know, and I used to too, avert your eyes when you see someone that's, that's down and out like that. When all, you know, y'all have to say is, Hey, um, yes. Hey, hi, good morning. You know, mm -hmm. and just to see their faces light up. I, I, I learned a lot of really good things from being in that horrible situation. And I'm grateful now. I really am grateful. That is awesome. Yeah. Um, I guess um, my next question is also um, your advice for anyone going through a difficult situation, such as like if they're going through the illness that you went through or um, the pandemic that we're going through now, um, how to get through those difficult times that they have found themselves in? I think number one, it's knowing, oh, for me, <laughs> knowing that I planned it and that to find some peace around that. God did not make that happen to you. God did not, you know, uh, forget about you. It's it's okay. And God is always with you. And all our, our, our deceased friends and relatives are always hanging around too, ready to help oh, us. Yeah. So you're, you're not alone. And uh, things will turn out fine. And you, you just need to keep the faith, you know, just uh, see what you can do for others. And I want to put a shout out for people who have survived 
COVID and if they were in ventilators and, and had some sort of weird experience and their friends and family don't want to talk about it and the doctor dismisses it, please look up IANDS.org. There are hundreds of people that have had the same experience you have. And we're, we're looking forward to talking to you and, and, and knowing you and, and helping you. Uh, it's, it saved my life. It really did. Um, so that's what I'd like to say. That is awesome. Yeah. I mean, I, I think um, people who have gone through the experience of crossing over or have, you know, uh, been to the quote unquote afterlife, um, uh, being sick, um, I think that they um, may be too afraid, just like you said, too afraid to um, to speak out about it for fear of seeming crazy. Yeah. Um, and it is it is awesome that there is um, a place where people can go to to talk about what they experienced because um, you know I am a believer of God and I do believe in heaven. And so, you know, um, it is, it is awesome to have a safe haven to, to talk about, um, different experiences and, and, and things of that nature. Um, mm -hmm. so I guess my last question is, um, do you have any other, uh, projects coming up? Any, um, any more books you're going to write or, um, any other appearances that you that you're planning? Yeah, I've always seemed to have three or four more podcasts coming up in the future, and that's always <laughs> a great fun. Uh, I really enjoy meeting people. Um, as far as another book, uh, <laughs> I kind of kind of wipe my slate clean by getting this last one out, but. Um, I'm not averse to it. What I'd really like to do, and I'm starting to take a class kind of like you, a little off grid going for it uh, on screenwriting. I, I really think that the book, which uh, is not just about my experience, it's just a few chapters of it, but it's about my my ancestors going back to my great grandparents and my whole life up to now, which is uh, just wanting to know who I was and, and my family. They had a lot of troubles, just like everybody's. And they were all mm -hmm. pretty much survivors and they had a lot of faith. So I think that's a lot what helped me is just the genetics and the, the heredity of it. Um, so um, I don't know. I, I just like to, I think it would make a great Netflix series uh, with all the little different chapters and the different characters. There's a lot of uh, humor in my book because that's how my family gets through things. Uh, yeah. You know, we, we stay light. We, we keep the faith and we, we keep it light. So, um, yeah, I think I'd like to I'd like to see that as a Netflix. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. Oh, my gosh. That would be awesome. <laughs> as, you know, reach for the stars, dream as big as you can dream. That's what I always say. You know, never. Yeah. The sky yeah. isn't the limit. No. So. It's just the stars. It's not. <laughs> For those stars, man. <laughs> yes, totally. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh my gosh. This is this has been really awesome. I just want to uh, just thank you so much for uh, for responding and 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 wanting to be a part of my podcast. Um, mm -hmm. This is just awesome. And you are welcome to 
to uh, come back again. Uh, this is just great. Thank you, Ashley. You're, you're a delight. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much. And everyone, please, please, please go and check out her book, uh, Misfit in Hell to Heaven Lessons from a Dark Near-Death Experience and How to Avoid Hell in the Afterlife. Is there anywhere else um, the listeners can pick up your book other than Amazon and Kindle? Well, um, yeah, uh, you can go to my website, but it's a little more money. So I think you should go, go to Amazon. Okay. And it's, it's Misfit in Hell to Heaven Expat. I'm an expat because they threw me out of heaven. So okay, expat. Okay. All right, yeah. and that means an expat means that they threw you out of heaven. Well, when somebody is an expat, that usually means they were an expatriate. So they're people that are expats, like live in the United States, but they go work in say Africa, or they, you know, they live one place, but they go work another place. So we all are heaven expats. We all start in heaven. That's our home. And then we go work on earth and then we go home. All right. Oh, wow. That is excellent. Okay. Well, thank you so very good. much again. Okay. All righty. Thank you so much, Kathy. Enjoy your, um, your New Year's Eve. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. All righty. Bye-bye.